0: Watch your bibles I'll, I'll op, uh, encourage you to open them to John chapter 17 that's where we're going to be in just a minute uh, but before I tell you the story of John chapter 17, I need to tell you another story uh, a, a little bit older story uh, it is a, a part of the story of Moses does everybody remember this guy go ahead and put that next slide up there you know who this is Moses you know like <laughs> I don't know, he does that weird thing with his arms in the movie. Um, so uh, if you don't mind, we're, I, I know we're in John's gospel and we're, we're going to get there, but you need to understand a little bit about Moses' story to understand Jesus' prayer today. So uh, if you don't mind, we're going to have a little bit of fun with this, uh, with this Moses teaching. Is that okay? Is that permitted? Is that allowed? Awesome. Uh, so I need volunteers. Uh, Jen and John Campbell, awesome. Why don't you guys come on up here? Yeah, let's encourage them. Yeah, let's encourage them. Come on up here. They're not shy at all. All right, uh, I have two roles today that, that I need you guys to perform for me. Don't worry, they're really easy. One is the role of Moses, and the other one is the role of God. Okay, Jen, you can be God. Awesome. All right, I want you to just stand right here. Moses, you're going to stand right here. In the story of Moses, uh, you guys are doing great. Just, just hang out. Um, in the story of Moses, there becomes this moment where Moses approaches the mountain of God, Mount Sinai. And Moses, even, like, uh, even through speech impediments and through everything he sees, there, there becomes this incredibly bold moment in Moses' life where he asks of God, he says, God, let me see your glorious presence. This is in Exodus chapter 3, verse 18. Moses says show me your glorious presence. All right, so let me show you a, a little bit of what that's like. So why don't we just just bring the house lights? Can we bring the house lights bring the house lights down? A little bit more. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Awesome. So when the Bible talks about glory, it talks about light. When Moses says, God, show me your glorious presence, what he is asking is to see the light of God. Yep, No. Oh, wait, I got you. I got you. There we go. All right. You asked for this. Why are you covering up? Exodus 33, 33 18, Moses says, God, show me your light. You guys remember this story? God says, God tells Moses, look, 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 you can't handle my light. If you see my light full on, you're just going to die. That's exactly what's going to happen. And so they work out this deal, this arrangement, where God says, Moses, I'm going to put you in the cleft of a rock. I'm going to put you in the crack of the rock, and I'm going to cover the rock with my hand while I pass by. And as I pass by, I'm going to just get a kind of... move my hand just a little bit, and you're going to get a glimpse of the kind of like train of what's behind me, the trail of light behind me. Do you guys remember this story? Not long after this cleft scene uh, in chapter 34, verse 29, look what it says. Moses is going to go up on the mountain Uh, He came down from Mount Sinai. He's gonna go up on the mountain. He's gonna spend sorry, he's gonna spend 40 days in the presence, in the glory, in the light of God. You're doing awesome. And when Moses comes down from Mount Sinai, he's received, he's carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. uh, And he wasn't aware that. Look what it says. After 40 days in the presence of God, his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. Literally in the the movie, The Ten Commandments, uh, Charlton Heston's hair turns white. That's how they, they, go ahead, I think I got it. Yeah, there it is. Scripture says, that, that word radiant in Hebrew means horns of light. Horns of light. All right, so I want you to face the audience right here. Do you guys see horns of light? Is his face radiant? All right, good, because I want you to see what happens in the next verse. In verse 30, so when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were, what's the word? Look at this face and be afraid. Give me your best fear. <laughs> you're, good job acting this out. Perfect. You're, you're doing awesome. Imagine this. Like, like He was so visibly changed that even the people of God were afraid of his presence, because he'd been in the presence of God, he was radiating the light of God, and people were frightened. So Moses, the ever-creative, had a plan. Uh, I think it actually is in that next verse. Oh, did I even put it up there? Oh, I didn't put it up there. In the very next verse, Moses covers his face with a veil. I know, you look like a south side gangster a little bit, but it's okay. When Moses is in the people's presence, they ask him to cover his face. The people are frightened because they've seen something scarily physically different about him. It's more than a heavenly suntan. He was aglow with God's glory. I love what the great uh, um, theologian and preacher uh, Charles Spurgeon said in 1890. Listen to these ancient words. They gazed and looked and lo, on brow and face, a glory and a brightness not on earth. The eyes lit up with fire of heavenly birth, the whole man bright with beams of God's great grace. They looked and saw the glory, and they shrank from the dread vision, dazzling man, frail sight. Pretty amazing, right? All right, you can bring the house lights back up. You can uh, thank my volunteers for helping me out here. All right, y'all can sit down. Thanks. Good job, God. You did amazing. All right, fast forward back to John. John. If you, uh, if you brought your Bible, you can turn just to, you, you probably don't even have to turn, but it, it's, we, we are right on the edge. We are right on the edge. We're two weeks from Easter, next week will be Palm Sunday, which we'll have some fun stuff planned. But if you just look, like from chapter 17, just just look at what's coming. Things are about to get incredibly difficult and painful. In just a few verses, we're, we're going to be right there facing Jesus suffering in death. And I love that John, right before, I mean, we're right at the cliff's edge. Right before we get there, I love that John gives us this extended prayer of Jesus. Did you see that? Chapter 17 of John is Jesus Final prayer. Let's look at some of it together again. Let's look at the first five verses. After saying all of these things, Jesus looked up to heaven. All right, all right. So already we know that Jesus prays different than us, right? How many of you are told to bow your head and close your eyes? Jesus' head is raised to heaven. His hands are probably up and extended This would have been the Jewish posture of prayer. With head up and arms extended, Jesus says, Father, the hour has come. Finally, it's here. Glorify. Remember what that meant in the Old Testament. Light. Shine your light on your son. Glorify your son so he can give light back to you. For you've given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one who you sent into the the world. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world again. What an amazing prayer. If you remember, the second half of John's gospel is called the book of glory. Last week, Jesus said, the reason I have come is to reveal something that's been hidden. My job is to, to shine the light of God. Jesus, like Moses, has become what the moon is to the sun. The moon possesses no light of its own. But it is a reflector of glorious light. Jesus is saying, uh, Jesus peels back the veil of his flesh. He peels back the veil of his humanity so that God's heart, so that God's will, so that God's character, so that God's desire for humanity is revealed. Are you with me? And next in this prayer, uh, man, this John chapter 17 is worthy of some, some of your best time and meditation. What Jesus does next in this prayer is, is something incredibly special. Still in full prayer mode, he turns his attention to us. Listen to what he says in verse 20. He says, I am praying not only for these disciples who are right there immediately with him, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message all right, you just need to hit pause right there. Just stop. I, I I just want this to sink in for a moment. Jesus Himself prayed for you. If you look carefully, He prays that uh, that you would be kept safe. He knew the task, the mission you would be out on is a difficult and dangerous one. He prays that you would be made holy. He prays that that you would know the word. Remember, that's John's beginning, right? In the beginning was the word. He goes on to say, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. Remember, we talked about this a little bit a few weeks ago about meno, remaining in. It's it's a sign of deep connection. It's holding on to each other, but it's also a home base, but it's also a term of intimacy, like a six-second kiss. It says, you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. A couple of things that, that should just jump off the page for you or hope jump off the page for you. May they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. He prays for us, and and man, maybe sometimes we've done a horrible job of this, but he prays for the church, for all who would believe. He prays for perfect unity, that we would be in a perfect relationship with him, with God, but also with each other, so closely united that the world, everyone that would see from the outside, everyone that would look at the light of the united church would go, there is a God. And then I love the ending of verse 22 and 23. He says, I have given them the glory you gave me. If you look back at Jesus' original prayer, he says, I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Jesus' work is a work of glory, that was his purpose to reveal the truth of God to the world, to shine, let the truth of God shine out. Jesus' job was to glorify God and now he says my job, which was to shine the light and the truth of God is your job. Do you see that? I've given them the same glory you gave me so that we would become the moon to God's sun and SOS in, that his role as reflector and revealer and glorifier may be passed to us. Moses' job, which is also Jesus' job, has now become our job. Do you feel the weight of that? The glory of God that shines through Jesus now Shines through us. Now, I know we're in Middle Tennessee, and when I use the word shine, maybe that brings up something different in your head. (laughs) But Jesus' prayer for all who believe is that we would shine. So maybe just, uh, just spend a moment, dig, let's, dig, just, just, let's dig into that just a little bit. How can we, as the church, as believers, get our shine back? I think there's two ways to shine. There's two ways to shine with the glory of God. And it's, uh, I would call them presence and obedience, Shine is a direct result of being in the presence of God, right? That's what happened to Moses, right? And the more time you spend in God's presence, the more shine that you are going to have. It's pretty interesting that when Moses came off the mountain, his shine was so radiant that the people couldn't even take it. They put a veil over him. But even it says that even Moses' shine, as he spent time away from the mountain, as he came down, as, he, as the distance between him and God widened, he say, it says, Scripture says that his shine faded. You see, I think shine is a direct result of being in the presence of God. And the question for us is, how are you doing with that? How are you doing with that? Man, and maybe you, you experience God's presence or our amazing worship team and, and having this time this morning. That's awesome. But, but we want you in his presence more frequently. Time in his word, time in prayer and meditation, time just listening. Are you making space For the presence of God in your life. And here's what he promises He says, When you make space for me, it will, Jesus don't worry, he's everyone who seeks finds. To everyone who knocks, the door will be opened, right? God isn't hiding from us, he's waiting for us to move intentionally and purposefully into his presence. So, shine is a direct result, result of presence, but I think shine is also a result of obedience to God. I love that. I, I, I stopped in the middle of our worship and wrote something down. Sorry, I hope that's okay, Kim. Um, but we were singing this song, New Wine, which I love. And there's a lyric in that song. It, it simply said, When I trust you, I don't need to understand. You just sang those words. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. What a picture of obedience, right? And then it says, make me a vessel, make me an offering. You see, I I think shine comes from obedience to God of putting his will first. Even Jesus in chapter 14, he'll say, I will do what the Father requires of me. He simply says, what we hope every child will say is, "I, I just did what I was told. He says, I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. You see, obedience in Scripture is always this incredible evidence of love. Jesus glorified God through obedience. And God is glorified in you when you are obedient with your time. We just talked about that, right? Whose time do you have? The time that you have, who does it belong to? God is glorified when we're obedient with our time. How are, you, how are you glorifying, glorifying, reflecting, shining the light of God if you haven't been in his presence? But I think God is glorified in you when you're obedient with your Sometimes we say time and talent and treasure and touch, you know, the T's the of your life. How's God's light going to shine through you if you aren't being obedient with your treasure? How's God's light going to shine through you if you aren't being obedient with your touch? Even Jesus washes his disciples' feet and says, hey, I'm the master. The master shouldn't even do this, but if the master is doing this, you really should do this too. I'm giving you an example to follow because God is glorified, revealed when we serve not just ourselves, when we're obedient to God above ourselves. I got to see a, an amazing example of this firsthand um, uh, I know you guys know uh, that we've been praying for the Coulter's. Uh, Lee's mom, uh, man, a couple of weeks ago, uh, she she just took a fall at at church um, of all places, and had a had a really really bad head injury, and uh, was taken to the hospital, and was in the the uh, the CCU, the critical care unit, and and. Uh, in this space, was was basically just unresponsive, right? And uh, Lee and Kathy and uh, Lee's brother and his wife, they had, they had just spent some time in the CCU, and they came out in the hallway, and, and a complete stranger in the hallway, I, I can't remember exactly what she said to them, but a complete stranger said, are you children of God? And they said, "Well, yeah, we we know Jesus," and this complete stranger simply said, "I wanna, I wanna stop and I wanna pray for you and I wanna pray for your mom." Um, and uh, Lee's mom did pass away this past week, but, but, uh, and and I don't want to say that that didn't happen, but. But after this stranger prayed for them, Lee's mom, who was completely unresponsive, she came out. She woke up. And it gave some moments for them as a family to kind of grieve and be together. When when Lee was telling me this story after that moment, they said, we, we, "We looked the whole hospital over for this lady, and we couldn't find her. I'd look for her too. Right? People, when you meet people and their prayers work, you need to find them. <laughs> Write their name down. <laughs> and they couldn't find her, And even sitting as we were sitting and just having coffee, I just remember them saying, "She must have been an angel." And when I heard that story, I, you know, I thought, that shine, that shine. To stop what you're doing, to have this consciousness of the pain of others, and to lean into it with, with a prayer, to lean into it with all that God has to offer, to be this vessel that, that just allows God's presence to pour through you to somebody else, even to strangers, like that shine. just a few minutes, we're going to have a time of communion and we've got the, the elements set around the, on tables around the room. And I don't know your tradition or your background, maybe that's a little bit different for you, but for us, this is a sacred space to, to respond and to pray, to remember, to recommit ourselves to Jesus. And, and so just want you to know, in just a minute, I'm going to say a prayer and uh, I'm going to dismiss you to that space. And just as we wrap up, I had this thought, thinking about Moses and the sunglasses and the bandana. You know, my my thought was, and maybe it's a, a little bit of a sad thought or a scary thought, but my my thought is that that sometimes for Christians the veil is easier. It's easier to 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 kind of be in the presence of God and then somehow like conceal it. To not have to deal with it in the rest of our lives. It's easier to live in darkness instead of the light. It's easier to hide than to shine. This quote this morning, I have a question for you, and the and, and question is, have you lost your shine?" And man, I, th- I think this is a critical question for Christians now in our world and our culture. It is, it, we are so desperate, uh, you know, for churches to shine and for, e- we need you. If, and if you're sitting here today going, man, I have lost my shine, um, not, not the one in the woods, but like you're, you're like, you know, your Christian glory of God shine, then man, we need, we need you to find it. We need every single church. Like we cannot afford for a single church to not be shining God's glory. We cannot. My friends who are other pastors, man, I'm praying for their churches. Like I'm praying for this church. Like we cannot afford just to play church. God and Jesus himself prayed that we would shine. And whatever that is and however that manifests itself, we need to get that back. And so I invite you this, this morning again into the presence of God. I invite you again to obediently follow him. And i remind you of these few verses. Paul wrote the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter, I think it's chapter 3. Paul remembers like we did this morning. He remembers the Moses scene. Paul looks back in his memory and he remembers the veil and the radiant light of God. And he says this, he says, We are not like Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the people of Israel would not see the glory. Keep going. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken Away. One more verse, verse 18. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the light of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. We are changed into the light. When you believe in Jesus Christ, the veil is taken away and you can see and reflect the glory of God. The more you reflect his glory, the more you become his glory. Are you with me? The most important thing you can do with your life is glorify God. This morning, as we sing a final song together, I just want to give you that chance—a chance to respond, a chance to confess your sins, maybe to be forgiven, to turn to the Lord, maybe for the first time. Maybe you've been on the edge of belief, thinking for a long time, but never taken that step. And we want to—we want to see that happen. We want to see you turn to the Lord to remove the veil, so that you can become the glory of God. And I say this with—with with all. sincerity and heart, it is time for you to shine. So as I pray to dismiss this to a time of response and communion, I'm going to invite you to, um, let's pray like Jesus. All right, so I invite you to stand. Go ahead and stand up. And if you're comfortable, I invite you to raise your hands up. And some of you are already head down, eyes closed. Come on now, let's be biblical. I invite you to raise your head up. Father God, we come before you this morning with hands open. Let us receive your light. Let us receive your truth. Let us receive the kind of life that only your son Jesus offers. Father God, let us become reflectors of your son Jesus. Father God, maybe some of us have been hiding. Maybe we've lost our shine. Father God, let us put those things away and seek out your presence again and obediently live out your will in this place. Father God, we love you. Bless us as we enter into the, this time of communion, of this time of, of memory, but also of response. Bless us, Lord. In your son Jesus' name, everyone together says, Amen invite you to enjoy a time of communion together.